0: From St. Louis Public Radio.
1: This is St. Louis on the Air. You got involved with politics originally because of gun violence, and of course there was this this horrible tragedy where your husband was slain in in an attempted carjacking, and that's credited with really starting your career. But the sad part of that is is that it feels like gun violence is now worse than ever in St. Louis in particular. Does it feel like that's just kind of tilting at windmills, taking on that issue of of gun violence here?
0: Well, I think what you've seen over the last 20, 25 years is uh, a real loosening of any sort of gun regulation. Basically anyone can carry, carry a gun anywhere, anytime, no training required. And um, you know, the, the police just have to say, uh, have a nice day. when uh, particularly during our stay at home order, if there was ever a time that you needed to get outside, uh, blow off a little steam, take a walk in the park, it was certainly during COVID. And so I really never considered for a second shutting down our parks. I'll be, I'll be honest with you, it's been the honor of a lifetime to be able to serve as the mayor of the city of St. Louis and to be able to serve the people of St. Louis.
1: I'm Sarah Fenske. Next Tuesday will be a day of great change at St. Louis City Hall. Mayor Lida Crusen leaves the office after four years running the city and 24 years in public office. And she joins us today. Mayor Lida Crewson, welcome back. Thank you, Sarah. It's great to be back with you. You know
0: I love coming on your show.
1: And we have loved having you on. I feel like you're just always up for any question. I have to give you some credit for that.
0: You know, it's... it's um It's a great opportunity to talk directly to folks. I think the format here really, really
1: gives us the opportunity to do that. So I want to look back on your four years as mayor, your 24 years in public life, and when I was thinking about your job as mayor, couldn't help but get stuck on one thought, and that's that you presided over the city during a really... Difficult time. You'd barely become mayor when a Saint Louis police officer, this was Jason Stockley, was found not guilty of murder, and that set off months of protest over a police shooting that had happened six full years earlier. We also had a major pandemic. We did not have five hundred million dollars in federal stimulus funds. Do you feel like, in some ways, your term as mayor, you were the victim of some really bad timing?
0: You know, I would never say that I was the victim. Um, I—that's just—that's not the way I look at things, frankly. I was happy to be able to be the mayor during this tumultuous time, uh, and and some people look at me like, really? What's, why is that? Well, because I think it was a time that really required um, a lot of civility, a lot of compromise, uh, and a very calm and and steady way of dealing with these issues. I tried to bring no drama to the situation and um, just lead. Uh, as best we could through certainly a a 100 year pandemic a worldwide pandemic no one ever thought of that Mm -hmm. Uh, well I'm sure some people did but I must admit I was not thinking anything about a pandemic yeah when I came into office so um, you know but I I think it's been it's been a great experience and I'll be I'll be honest with you it's been the honor of a lifetime to be able to serve as the mayor of the city of St. Louis and to be able to serve the people of St. Louis.
1: It does seem like, you know, you, you do have such an even keel. Um, you know, you haven't blown up. You've, you've kept things civil. You refuse to be a victim. And yet at the same time, um, there have been so many things that have come at you and there's been so much anger that's come at you. Has, has it been fun? It feels like it could not have been fun. Um, almost every day being the mayor
0: has been fun. Not literally every day. You know, I used to tell people that worked for me, you need to like your job four days out of five. You don't have to like it every day. Mm -hmm. Um, but you ought to like it four days out of five. And certainly, uh, I've, I have loved this job, uh, even more than four days out of five. So there are challenges, uh, and, and people, often talk about my even keel. Those people who work really closely with me or, or my own family might dispute that. <laughs> but I try not to bring any drama to, uh, to uh,
1: serious situations. So if you liked four days out of five, what made you decide it was time to go, that you didn't want to run for re-election? Well, you know, and
0: I said this in my remarks, um, <clears throat> I really made the final decision over my birthday weekend back in November um where it dawned on me that you know I in in another 6 months I'm going to be 69 years old so you know there there's a time to do different things in your life and uh so for me I thought this this is this is time to retire um and and to be able to do some other things while you know I'm still in uh, as far as I know, great health, uh, and uh, just to be able to do some other things.
1: You know, something else I found myself thinking about as I was thinking about your tenure in politics. Have you ever lost an election? Mm, I have. You have. I couldn't think of I any have. you had
0: lost. When did you lose an election? Well, not that I like to talk about this, but I'm uh, <laughs> sorry to, to open this wound. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I ran for president of the board of aldermen back in uh, the election was in August 2002, and I did not win that election. Uh, Jim Shrewsbury won that election.
1: Oh, okay. So you do have a loss there. This wasn't about and two trying, losses, trying, trying to I, avoid a loss. Okay,
0: you had another one in there. I ran for the school board in
1: 1989,
0: okay. and didn't win. So, but you know fortunately uh you know i i ran a number of times for alderman and uh, i think five times
1: mm-hmm.
0: one special election and then four reelections and uh and and ran for mayor so those were those were the two most important uh, elections that I was in.
1: You had a long string of victories. Um, I want to note, you got involved with politics originally because of gun violence. And of course, there was this, this horrible tragedy where your husband was slain in, in an attempted carjacking, and that's credited with really starting your career. But the sad part of that is, is that it feels like gun violence is now worse than ever in St. Louis in particular. Does it feel like that's just kind of tilting at windmills, taking on that issue of, of gun violence here?
0: Well, I think what you've seen over the last 20, 25 years is uh, a real loosening of any sort of gun regulation. You know, back in, um, my husband was killed in 1995, and there was no concealed carry in 1995. Mm. Uh, The only people who could carry guns legally then were oh, folks could get a permit maybe if they ran a store um, and they had to take their cash receipts to the bank every night and those sorts of things, and, of course, law enforcement. Mm-hmm. But guns were not nearly as prevalent then, and uh, you know, police were not as hamstrung in terms of what they could do about folks with guns. As you know today, uh, Basically, anyone can carry carry a gun anywhere, anytime. No training required, and um, you know the the police just have to say, uh, "Have a nice day." Mm-hmm. So, so gun the easy access to guns uh, is is I think uh, very contributes to the violence, and because it 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 makes gives police no place to. Uh, to be able to see whether or not someone if you're if you're a convicted felon of course you can't carry a gun but other than that mm-hmm. uh, virtually anybody can carry a gun in in the state of Missouri
1: including kids and that's, I think, has led to what I think it's safe to say has been the biggest challenge during your four years in office. I mean, crime has been such a huge problem in this city. It was before you took office. I think it's safe to say it, it's going to be after that. Um, and even people who say Chief John Hayden is a good guy, they seem to be running out of patience. Do you think that's fair?
0: Well, I I think that when you when you look back this past year, uh, with COVID, gun violence is up in every major city. It's up considerably in every major city across the United States. And I also think that, um, you know, police can't be everywhere. And um, when you do have easy access to guns, and when you have a shortage of police officers, and when you have um, people that are, particularly during COVID, extremely stressed. Um without jobs, often a lot of people without jobs, uh, that, that leads to a situation where you see increased gun violence, you see increased domestic violence. It's not an excuse, but it is just part of what's happening a- across the country. I mean, very important for us to, um, to help people person-to-person, to to help them be employed, to help them be able to provide for their families. Um, That is
1: not an excuse for gun violence, Mm -hmm. but it is a contributing factor. Are you leaving office with any hope that the city can get its crime problem under control?
0: Well, under control, one crime is one crime too many. Uh, We look back, you look back to the mid-90s, and St. Louis had... uh, even more homicides than than we had last year. Hmm. Um, it is somewhat cyclical. I am hopeful for a lot of the programs that we've put in place over the last few years. Cure Violence is one of them. Cops and clinicians is one. Nine one one diversion for people with mental health issues. Um, so I am hopeful that over time those programs, and I believe those programs, will have an impact. But also, you know, we have to care about schools. We have to care about educating kids. We have to care about uh, making sure that that folks have jobs and can provide for their families. So it's all related, and um, I think things will get better um, as as the hope gets better in, in our communities.
1: You know, so many of these programs that you're talking about here, they do all seem like such hopeful things. You know, cops and clinicians, I think every mayoral candidate we interviewed said that was the thing that, that, you know, they had to point to as something they wanted to continue. And 911 diversion, things like Cure Violence, these are all things that have sort of come online in the last year or so, maybe a bit longer than that in, in Cure Violence's case. But were you surprised at the length of time that it took to get some of these really good programs implemented, just how hard it is to to make things move um, in a city of this size well it's complicated and we are always I mean this is a city that
0: for um, at least the last couple of decades maybe longer is always living hand-to-mouth there are there's never enough funding to do what you want to do funding and and that's one of the things that I'm hopeful about when you have 500 million dollars coming to the city Mm -hmm. from the federal government I I think that that gives me some hope that there will be some progress made. But literally, there is never enough money uh, to invest in people. There's never enough money to invest in infrastructure. There's never enough money to invest in our employees. I mean, we have a police department where our police officers, on average, are paid about $10,000 less than in St. Louis County. Mm. And we wonder why we have a recruiting problem. Uh, I don't wonder that. That was a little facetious. But um, so I think that, you know, you have to invest in people. You have to invest in roads. You've got to invest in bridges. And when you have the funds to do that, um, then then I think there's a, there's a much better situation. The same with cops and clinicians. The same with, um, well, I mean, we need to put the funds into that to do it citywide. You know, we just recently got police body cameras you know that was a funding issue to a large extent, uh, and we were having before COVID. So, let's say in in 2019, the city was really having one of the best years ever. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of momentum in the city, and a lot of that momentum was really paying off in terms of additional revenue. But as you know, this year we. Uh, This fiscal year, you know, we're facing a sixty-seven million dollar budget shortfall, meaning a revenue shortfall, and we had to adjust because we can't run a deficit. So we had to adjust, um, and and
1: that's that's a lot of money. That five hundred million dollars, boy, I bet you could think of so many things you could have used that on one year ago. Oh, absolutely, and I can think
0: of so many things that need to it needs to be used on now. In fact, I. As I'm sure you've heard, I, I uh, put out a framework plan for that and uh, that plan really was just intended to help the next mayor and at that time we did not know who that was going to be. Think about what some of the real challenges are and how to implement, uh, how to spend some of that money to, that will really pay off and help people and help the city for the long term.
1: My guest today is St. Louis Mayor Lida Crusen. She leaves office on Tuesday. That'll cap off 24 years in public life for in the mayor's office. We need to take a quick break, but we'll be back shortly to continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Welcome back. Our guest today is St. Louis Mayor Lida Crewson. She retires next week after four years as mayor of the city of St. Louis. And Mayor Crewson, I've been asking about some of the biggest challenges that you faced in office. But I want to talk a bit about what you've been able to accomplish as well. What would you say if you had to choose one thing? And I know asking a politician to do this, this is an impossible task. But if you had to choose one thing, what are you most proud of during that four years?
0: Oh, I don't know if I can choose one thing, Sarah. But I knew I'll, it. I, I mean, <laughs> certainly our COVID response, hmm. I think, has, has – uh, and, and, you know, COVID has put a blanket over everything for this last year or so. But our COVID response – but I, I also have to say things like raising the minimum wage for city employees to $15 by an executive order, uh, the momentum that we've had in our city with NGA and Cortex and Square and MLS, and, and I could go on and on there. So that – That wasn't one thing, uh, but there are many, many things that I am really proud that we were able to accomplish over the last four years.
1: I want to talk a little bit about uh, COVID-19 because that was such a test for everybody in in an executive role of government during this. And it's interesting because you certainly had quite a balancing act there. And in some cases, you chose not to go as far as, say, St. Louis County. Um, I remember when they shut down the parks. Uh, personally frankly I remember being terrified that you would follow and shut down the city parks you didn't do that Um, what was it like trying to decide how to keep people safe without going so far uh, that we would all just rise up and and refuse to follow what you'd ordered well one
0: of the things that I know is that you know you have to be reasonable if you want people to follow you and for me I never for one minute thought about shutting down our parks Hmm. not one minute if there's Ever a time, when, uh, particularly during our stay-at-home order, if there was ever a time that you needed to get outside, uh, blow off a little steam, take a walk in the park, socially distanced walk in the park, it was certainly during COVID. And so I really never considered for a second shutting down our parks. Hmm. Uh, I just did not. Uh, you know, every, you know the, the, <laughs> we got to be worried about mental health as well as physical health. So
1: well, personally, I appreciate that. At the time, though, I feel like we didn't know quite as much about COVID, and I imagine you probably heard from a lot of people who wanted you to shut down the parks. People thought maybe you could get this from sitting on a park bench, or that you know somebody jogging past you might might be able to spew aerosols at you. I feel like now we we know a lot more, but then we didn't. Were there some other things where you know just trying to figure out that balancing act? was difficult
0: you know every every day of this honestly was difficult but Mm. um it was really important to think through these decisions and 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 apply some common sense to them and the other thing is parks were open but uh you know we required that people be socially distanced in park we knew that early on that being close to other people was a high-risk behavior so You know, we didn't have big events in the park. Of course, we really kept our parks, and we shut some roads in our parks, like in Forest Park, Carondelet Park, Mm -hmm. O'Fallon Park. We shut some of the roads to give way for walkers or bike riders to be able to use even more space in the park than cars. Mm -hmm. So, and you did shut down the
1: playgrounds. I mean, you made you know we did shut down playgrounds.
0: Yes, we did shut down playgrounds. uh, because particularly at that point, we didn't know. You know, playgrounds probably aren't the cleanest place on any day. Let's think, <laughs> let's really think about it. If you got little kids, you know, um, you know, they're they're uh, they little hands, and you know, they might even lick the 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 monkey bars. You know, it's <laughs> so, true.
1: I've seen it. <laughs> uh,
0: I have too. I've been there. And uh, so yes, we did shut down playgrounds. And and you know, then parents would just have to play ball with their kids in the park or ride bikes or, you know, take walks. Do somersaults, whatever whatever it was to blow off some steam.
1: It's interesting, though, like even though you didn't go as far as some other jurisdictions, I remember again, the St. Louis restaurant stayed open at a point where St. Louis County shut its down a lot further. The city's coming out of this with, with a pretty good rate um, of COVID compared to other places even in the metro. And we've got some of the toughest demographics. Do you do you look back on that as something you can take credit for or does that all feel kind of like a crapshoot with this this terrible disease? Well, you know, we
0: track uh, the rate per 100,000 people every single day for all of the counties in in our region here. And we have, the city of St. Louis has been consistently and considerably lower than other counties. I, I don't take the credit. I give the credit to the people of St. Louis and to our good businesses because, you know, we've had a mask mandate in place since last July. And for the most part, the people of the city of St. Louis have followed that mask mandate. I think that has made a difference. Um, they have followed the social distancing. Um, and I the businesses have gone out of their way to follow all of our many, many guidelines. That's been hard on those businesses, but they've done it for the most part. Um, and so I... I give the credit to the people of St. Louis and the businesses of St. Louis.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we're happy to take it. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it has been a team effort and, and I feel like the city has taken this seriously and, and that's been great to see. You also mentioned when you were talking about um, the, the accomplishments, a lot of building projects and there certainly seem to be a lot of big things going on. At the same time, I do hear a concern. Housing prices in St. Louis, which used to be so affordable, that seems to be really shifting in a big swath of the city. Are you you worried that a a section of the population is being left behind or even priced out having to move to North St. Louis County instead of being able to stay within the city?
0: Well, I think uh, you know housing prices across the nation are really increasing, and it's very interesting because it's a little contra to what you might expect during this very tumultuous time. Uh, but there's been a, a young man in my office, for example, who's had a bids on several different houses, and has not been able to to win the bids because of the the bidding wars that go on. But that is happening not just in the city of st louis but in st louis county as well now we know that that our region here is is very affordable housing wise uh and that we have a lot of what i'll call naturally occurring affordable housing whether it's apartments or whether it's um you know single family homes or condominiums so i think that that we we have some some room to grow in this and um you know it housing prices are going up i know people you know because the inventory is growing up a lot of people had did not want to put their houses on the market during covid mm-hmm. now what i hear are people putting their houses on the market especially if they're ready to downsize perhaps and move to an apartment you know a lot of uh, i'll I'll call it uh, you know 50 60 year olds are are thinking well maybe maybe i'll sell this house during a great market and and Uh, you know, move, move, downsize, as they say. Mm
1: -hmm. So you feel pretty confident going forward? St. Louis isn't just going to be a city for, I don't know, people who enjoy drinking lattes and working at startups.
0: Oh, no, I, I, I think that that is not going to be the case at all. Um, And because part of our strength here is, is the diversity of our, of our people, both, racial diversity, as well as economic diversity, as well as as folks who work in all different industries. So I think St. Louis as a Midwestern city and an affordable city compared to any place on either coast, um, it really is poised to uh, attract business and have businesses expand here because we have a good workforce and we've got a great quality of life.
1: I wanna ask you um on the darker side of things, looking back on the four years you've spent in office, do you have any regrets? You know, I think that's always a
0: question. Uh in when you're an elected official, you you can't look back. You have to look forward every single day, and you have to, you know, try to do better today than you did yesterday and the day before that, so, you know, by and large, I think, uh, you know, I'm really proud of the accomplishments that my team and and, uh, all of my directors made over these last four years
1: feel like you mentioned um, that you were very proud of the civility, um, but there was a point in which the protests at your personal residence got so loud that you felt like you had to move out of your house. Um, mm-hmm. and, and as you say, you're you're a pretty tough person. You're nobody's victim here. Mm-hmm. Um, but that had to have been a jarring thing. Um, looking back on that, what, what, are you, what, what goes through your mind? Well,
0: you know, It was very difficult to have your windows broken out, to have your, uh, you know, your house painted on, to have pretty obscene words painted on your house and on your front door and on your front. That, That was very difficult. But the thing that was the worst for me is that I ran for this job and I sort of have to take what comes with it. But my neighbors did not run for this job. And so that is, frankly, why... Uh, My husband and I moved to an apartment for about three months, I guess, last summer, uh, because it was very unfair to our neighbors who who had to to go through this as well. I live in a row house. I've I've lived there for 33 years. And so it's not like we have any space around us. We (laughs) We live in a very (laughs) dense area.
1: So um, looking ahead, do you see yourself staying in that row house, staying in the city of St. Louis, uh, more importantly, after your retirement? Oh, gosh. Yes, of course. I mean, um, it's funny. You're not the first person to
0: ask me that. But, you know, as I said, I have lived, uh, well, I've lived in the city of St. Louis about 36 years, I mm-hmm. guess, 33 of which have been in that row house. And, um, you know, it, it's... It's a little big for just the two of us, but you know we kind of have it more or less the way we like it. We're getting ready to get it painted. We hope, you know, um, and and so no, I don't. I don't see going anywhere else. Hmm. Maybe for vacation, I do have that on my mind. <laughs> I said,
1: you have to be ready for a vacation. Tell me you're at least going to do that in in the coming oh, months. Oh yeah, I am
0: definitely ready for a vacation, and uh, you know, so so you know we're we're thinking about that. Haven't really nailed anything down yet but definitely I plan to have uh, take more walks in Forest Park and mm. get more cups of coffee uh, and uh, you know so I'll, I'll probably be cited a lot more
1: at uh, the coffee shop. Well we will continue to see you well that is that is good to hear. One other thing I wanted to ask you about you were the city's first female mayor we went a long time without having a woman in the job does it feel good that you're leaving the city in the hands of another woman?
0: it absolutely does. And I'll tell you, being the first woman mayor, honestly, when I won, I think I didn't realize what a big deal that was. Um, I've always worked in pretty male-dominated professions. But just I'll tell you a little story. Just last Saturday night, my husband and I were at a a restaurant restaurant. having a, a salad, and a, a mom came up to me, and she had her seven-year-old daughter with her, and she just said, oh, can we take a picture? I said, of course you can take a picture. And so mm-hmm. I talked to the the uh, seven-year-old daughter for a while, and and they were just so thrilled just, you know, to have that role model. And so, you know, this week I sent her a few little plastic coins and a notebook and you know a couple of things like that. So, yeah, it's 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 really great. Um, and uh, you know, we all have to, we all want our kids to be able to uh, look up to people in all kinds of professions, so that uh, they can aspire to what they see in other in other professions. Mm-hmm.
1: So, last question for you today. I know we'll see you around the coffee shop, and and there'll be other questions, I'm sure, that we'll be able to buttonhole you with. But are there issues in the public arena that you think you'll continue to work on um, as you go into private life?
0: Uh, I'm sure there are. There are. There are many issues that I care deeply about, but I I haven't made any decisions about exactly what I'll do. But I certainly want to continue to, to contribute and to do everything and anything that I can to make St. Louis a better place.
1: Well, St. Louis Mayor Lyda Cruson, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and for your four years, and, and actually 24 years, I should say, of, of serving this city. Thank you, Sarah. really
0: appreciate it. I just want to say thank you to all of the people of the city of St. Louis uh, for giving me the greatest honor of a lifetime. Thank you.
1: This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. Is listening to an episode of St. Louis on the Air part of your daily routine? If so, suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help new people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis.